0: turn with me please to the book of Acts Acts 26 and 15 I'm going to speak on the theme for the year the theme for the year will be my focus on today we honor the memory of the doctor Martin Luther King in a sense out of his commitment our nation will be has been changed and we're committed to the Idea of the text: Our city will be changed. Our state will be changed. Our nation will be changed. Our world will be changed. And that was the dream of Doctor Martin Luther King. Say these words after me: We are called to minister and witness to a deeply distressed and troubled world. Well, you say it to your neighbor: We are called to minister. And witness to a deeply distressed Jesus. and troubled world. Acts twenty six fifteen. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Rise and stand on your feet, for I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you've seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom now I send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And in the Old Testament, Daniel 12 and three and he says those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever please be seated if by some strange supernatural occurrence Every member of West Angeles were to disappear, how long would it be before people realized that we were gone? If every member of West Angeles were to miraculously disappear, how long would it be before people would realize? that we were gone. Not referring to our families when I say people. Not referring to our business associates or our close friends. How long would it be before we were missed in the community? How long would it be before people would start wondering and asking, what happened to those West Angeles If black Muslims were to disappear, we would miss them selling their bean pies and their Muhammad speaks and coming up to our cars as we drove down the shawl. If the Jehovah's Witnesses were to disappear from standing on the corners and knocking on our doors, but not be long before we would realize that they were gone. But if we stop doing what we are doing, how long would it be before people missed us? If we were to disappear, who would realize that we had disappeared? The good news is that many would realize that we had gone. Our teams go to impoverished areas like Skid Row, convalescent homes, jails, hospitals, in the streets, door to door, providing various kinds of assistance in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you individually tell everybody you can about Jesus. That's the good news that many would realize. But the bad news is that too few would realize that we were gone. Why is that? Well, it's because so many individuals feel that they've exhausted their obligation to God when they go to Sunday morning service. That's why they call it service, because that's all the service the Lord's going to get from them for the week. And also, too few realize that we were gone because many of us have so emphasized the ideal of separation from the world and separation from the things of the world that we've insulated ourselves from the world. Set up little islands of religious activities separate and apart from the rest of life. Too few would realize that we were gone because we have not made our presence known. They're too sinful, too wicked, too this or that, and we've never said anything to them or associated with them. We look down on others because of their poverty, their homelessness, their criminal record, their addiction, their lack of education, their unsophisticated demeanor, not remembering that we too, at one point in our lives, were just like they were. Not realizing that there are things in our lives that we still are not very proud about. Not remembering that if it had not been for the Lord, we might be in an even worse predicament than they are in. John 17, 15, Jesus said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Many believers have created little worlds of their own into which few enter and from which few venture out. In the meantime, tell your neighbor, in the meantime, How many of y'all know this is a mean time? (laughs) Say that to your neighbor. This is a mean time. (laughs) In the meantime, the world goes on to destruction at an ever-increasing pace. No matter where we look, we can see only the seeds of destruction and death. The stage is set for the great tragedy and pain, and no one seems to know what to do. Family life is disintegrating. Moral codes are falling. Moral looseness and permissiveness are becoming the norm of our day. Whatever you want to do, if it satisfies, do it. Virtue and self-respect are being laughed at. Drug addiction is sweeping across our nation and our young people are the victims and our old people are the victims. The atmosphere of our earth is wearing out. War, terrorism, violence are tearing our world apart and the heart of God must grieve at the sad picture that our world presents. But this world, as bad as it is, is the world for which Jesus Christ died. The primary mission and purpose of Christ was to win and to save the souls of men. This was his central concern. It was his primary concern. In Luke 19 and 10, he said, The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Paul said in First 1 Timothy 1.15 that Christ came into the world to save sinners. They needed to be saved because they were transgressors of God's law and they were condemned to death. They needed to be saved because the disease of sin had afflicted and infected the whole human race. They needed to be saved because they could in no way save themselves. Wealth could not save them. Education could not save them. Power could not free them from the bondage of sin. And Jesus on the cross did what everything else had failed to do. I said Jesus. Oh, somebody ought to say Jesus. Jesus. Jesus on the cross did what everything else had failed to do. He made it possible for those who will trust in him to obtain God's forgiveness for their sins. He made it possible for those who believe in him and receive him to be free from guilt for past sins and empowered to resist and overcome the future possibility of sin and evil. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Jesus, on the cross, enabled the soul of man to have eternal peace and eternal happiness with God. The soul is that inner man that must live on after this body turns to death. And nothing is more valuable, nothing is more important than your soul. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 26, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Now what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Whatever is holding you away from God, I just thought I'd ask you, is it worth your soul? Whatever you hung up on and obsessed with, is it worth your soul? And so winning souls was the primary purpose and the primary concern of Jesus Christ. But winning souls was also his greatest pleasure, not just his purpose, it was his pleasure. When he was in Samaria, winning souls, he was so busy that he forgot to eat. And his disciples said, uh, Master, why don't you eat? Would you like something to eat? And he said in John 4, 32, I have food to eat. Of what you do not know, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Winning souls were Jesus' greatest pleasure. Give up his food for that, give up his time for that, just to win souls. His greatest purpose, his greatest pleasure, but his greatest sorrow was for those who were not saved. In Luke 13 and 34, he mourned over Jerusalem and said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to you, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her little chicks her brood under her wings but you were not willing and he mourned over Jerusalem and even as Christ considered the winning of souls to be his greatest purpose and his greatest pleasure he made witnessing and winning souls the greatest responsibility of us who are his followers I said, he made winning souls the greatest responsibility of those who believe in him, of those who follow him. Winning souls is your greatest responsibility. In Acts 26, 16, he said to Saul, whose name was later changed to Paul, rise and stand on your feet, Acts 26, 16. I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen, and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Not just witness, be willing to minister. The good Samaritan ministered to the man, found the man lying beside the road, bleeding, half dead, wounded. The Samaritan was a long way from home, but he stopped to minister, tore his expensive suit, made bandages, poured in oil and wine into the wounds of the man, ministered to him, showed the man love. Jesus said, I've appeared unto you that to make you a minister and a witness. Both of the things that you have seen, uh, ask your neighbor, have you seen anything that Jesus has done? Have you experienced anything that He's done in your life? Has He made any kind of change in your life? Uh huh. Make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you've seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I've come to make you a minister, Paul, and a witness. He said to his disciples in Luke 24 and 46, thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you uh, are endued with power from on high. And what you're going to do with the power? When you get it, you're going to witness. Acts 1 and 8. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the end of the earth. Primary responsibility. Is winning the souls of men. He said in, Act, in Matthew 4 and 19, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Tell your neighbor, the Lord wants to make you something special. I'll make you. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, Paul said, now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And then 2 Corinthians 5 and 18, Paul said, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. God has given you the responsibility of bringing men and God together. Taking the hand of man, putting it in the hand of God and bringing them into unity and into victory. Somebody ought to say praise the Lord witnessing is the essential labor to which Christ calls us. When he sent the 70 disciples out to preach the gospel of the kingdom, he said to them in Luke 10 and 2, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And when the 70 returned, they came back with a good report of ministry. The demons were subject. The sick were healed. Miracles were done in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus rejoiced, Luke 10, 21, in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. <laughs> Men and women wanted to Jesus Christ are the fruit that we are to bring forth. Paul said to the Roman church in Romans 13, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that I've often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also. Paul was saying, I want some souls to be saved through my ministry in Rome. So if it means I've got to go to jail to do it, if it means I've got to be arrested and shipwrecked to do it, I'm determined that I'm gonna bring forth some fruit for my Lord and Savior. And he said in verse 14, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise. And the unwise and as much as in me as is in me I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also far. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith Paul said I'm not ashamed whatever I've got to endure what I, whatever I've got to go through if I if shipwrecked if I'm snake-bitten if I'm if I if I'm in prison if I have to die I want to have some fruit among you for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ I came by West Angeles Cathedral today looking for some folk who are not ashamed are you not ashamed are you bold are you willing to proclaim the goodness the grace the might of Almighty God Are you willing to tell somebody what he's done for you? Has he done anything for you lately? If he has, give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. But when you get through praising him, go and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I know it's not politically acceptable. Not socially acceptable. To share your faith. But God is calling for some folk who are not ashamed of Jesus. I was called upon to do an invocation in a place the other day. And the word on the street is that when you do an invocation in a mixed audience, don't pray in the name of Jesus because you're imposing your faith on them and you are intruding into their world and uh, they have as much a right to pray to their god as you have to pray to your god and yeah i thought that was all right but when i came over near the end of the prayer i said i ain't gonna leave you i said uh, i pray in the name of jesus amen so i don't know what you pray praying but but i pray in the name of jesus is there anybody else in here who prays in the name of jesus None of the name given under heaven whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. And then he said in Mark 8:38, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Listen, we're living in an adulterous and a sinful generation. Men have exalted sin and called it righteousness. Called it civil rights men have exalted sin and called it the, the, the norm the, the, the practice of our culture men have exalted sin and tried to shove it down all of our throats and if they are not ashamed of the mess they're in if they're not ashamed of the things they are doing if they are not ashamed then we ought not be ashamed of Jesus will you tell two people I'm not ashamed of Jesus Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. So souls are the fruit that we are to bring forth. He says in John 15 and 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it might bear more fruit. I'm willing to argue with you that, that souls are the fruit that we are to bring forth. Yes, we want to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all of those. But we also want somebody else to be saved because we are saved. Is there anybody here who wants somebody else to be saved because you are saved to know the Lord? Because you know the Lord. Jesus said to Simon Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. And Jesus was not talking about natural food or natural sheep. He was saying that we express our love for him when we give men the gospel, which is the only real food for the soul. And so witnessing ought to be as natural for the Christian as flying is for the bird. We are saved to save others. Well, you might say, well, preacher, I'm sanctified. But I tell you that sanctification not only means that you are morally clean, it also means that you are set apart for God's use. And if God is going to use you, God's going to use you to bring somebody else unto him. If you don't have time to witness for God, to work for God, to save, to serve God, you are not sanctified. Because sanctified not only means that you don't do this, you don't do that. Sanctified means you're working for Jesus. You're serving him. You're bringing men and women to him. If you don't have time to witness and to share the truth of God, God is not using you as he desires. If you say you've got Holy Ghost power, I'll tell you that power is given to you that you might witness for the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if God has done anything for you, you want to tell somebody about it. Ah, You got that new car. You're on the phone telling everybody, even people who didn't want to hear I got a new car. I got, let me show you my new car. You got that new house. You were telling everybody about your house. You got that new suit. You're up in everybody's face trying to get them to give you some kind of compliment. If you do all that for that, then we ought to do all that more for Jesus who saved us, who changed us, who transformed our lives. You really want to tell it. You really want to tell it. If you really love Him, you want to tell it. Peter and John, having seen the resurrected Lord, were on their way to the house of God in the hour of prayer. And they 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 healed a man in the name of Jesus, and and the Sanhedrin and the officers and the uh, Sadducees and Pharisees got upset with Jesus, brought him in, brought brought in Peter and John beat them and told them, don't you dare preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Don't heal anymore in the name of Jesus. Don't you do anything in the name of Jesus anymore. But in Acts 4 and 19, Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it be right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God you judge but we cannot but speak the things that we've seen and we've heard. We've heard we saw him hanging on the cross we, we saw him after he had risen from the dead. We saw him walking on the water. We saw him healing the sick and raising the dead and we're not going to let anybody stop us from telling what we have seen and what we have heard look at your neighbor and say tell it i've got to tell it i've got to let somebody know what he is to me what he's been in my life i don't have to quote the whole bible to tell you i just tell you jesus took my sins away jesus healed my body jesus liberated my soul from sin and from perversion jesus set me free jesus brought me out jesus brought me over jesus brought me through has he done anything for anybody in the house of the lord today hallelujah I love him because he first loved me and purchased my salvation way back on Calvary even Jeremiah got discouraged prophet of God, man of God in Jeremiah 20 and 9 he said I'm not going to make mention of him anymore I'm not going to speak anymore in his name but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Jeremiah was the first case I know of heartburn. Like a burning fire. And he said, I I shut up in my bones and I was weary of holding it back. Then after a while, I just couldn't hold it back. Sometimes when you just think of the goodness of Jesus, you just can't hold back. Your hand goes up, your, your mouth opens and you began to praise him and you began to thank him and glorify him. You you just can't hold your peace. You just can't hold back. But listen, when I think of what he's done for me, I just want to tell somebody, he, he's, a, he's a mind renewer. He's a, a broken heart. Put it back together again. He's a, a lifter. He's a healer. He's an encourager. And, and if you don't know him, you need to know him. Hallelujah. You, you can tell somebody, listen, would you go to church with me on Sunday? Uh, I I want you to to, to hear my choir. I want you to be in my church. I want you to see the people of the Lord and and, and some kind of way. If you just get them here, we're going to try to put the hook in them and pull them in to the will, to the way of God. We're going to work on this thing together. We're going to do this thing together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then the text verse lets us know that when you win a soul, you accomplish many things. Let me read Acts 26, 16 again. Rise, Saul. Stand on your feet. I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you've seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I, I've got some more stuff I, I want to show you, not just what you've seen so far. And, 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 and Jesus said you, you are to be a minister and a witness. And that means you are going to help. You're going to show concern for people. You're going to serve people even as you witness for them. And then Jesus said in verse 17, I will deliver you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. The Lord says that some of you are more concerned about what people think about you than you are concerned about what they think about the Lord think about me whatever you want to think but I want you to think right about my Lord I want you to know him oh bless his name and you can't really represent Jesus until you're really to turn ready to turn the attention of men away from yourself and turn it toward Jesus not singing so we can see and hear you but singing so we can hear and see Jesus. Not playing so we can hear you play, but playing so we can hear and see Jesus. Not showing up so people can see us, but showing up so they can see Jesus. And you got to be delivered from people before you go to people. Because if you're not delivered, you'll be talking to them about yourself and worried about what they think but you won't be able to tell them let me tell you about Jesus Hallelujah I want to make you a minister and a witness and I want to deliver you from the people to whom I now send you and I want you to open their eyes sin has blinded them so that they cannot find their way but when you talk to them about Jesus you open their eyes so they can see as they've never seen before and to turn them from darkness to light emotionally, mentally, and spiritually they are in the darkness of the night and to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God when you save a soul you free them from the power of the devil and you help them to walk in the power of all mighty God. Every person on earth is in a struggle against the devil and without God's power you can't win the battle stop fighting on your own stop trying to do it on your own. Every time the devil shows up call on Jesus he's the devil driver he's the heart deliverer. He's able to set you free And so Paul said the gospel will free men from the power of Satan and bring them in the power of Almighty God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And Paul said take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day. So Paul said, we're going to deliver you from the power of the devil to the power of God. And then he said that they may receive forgiveness of sins. When you bring somebody to Jesus, his righteousness is placed on them. Their unrighteousness is placed on him. And they receive forgiveness of sins. Isaiah said in 53 and 4, Surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did extreme him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he said he was wounded. I said he was wounded. For our transgressions, he was bruised. For our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray But the Lord has laid on him The iniquity of us all Where is my sin It's laid on Jesus Where is my situation It's laid on Jesus Where are the wrong things I did They are laid on Jesus It's all on Jesus And I am forgiven In the name of Jesus And then he said I wanted you to give them an inheritance among those that are sanctified by faith in me and Jesus said they have no inheritance but if you win them I'll adopt them are there any royal children in the house I said are there any royal children adopted into the royal family kept by the power of God my father is rich in houses and lands he holdeth the world the worth of the world in his hand of rubies and diamonds of silver and gold his coffers are full he has riches untold tell your neighbor i'm adopted into the royal family praise god i'm almost through now but when you win a soul you rob the devil of one more victim you give that person a new lease on life When you win a soul, you enable him to get away from sorrow and find joy. When you win a soul, you may not give material possessions, but you give them something that money cannot buy. When you win a soul, you break the yoke of sin. And the yoke of oppression when you win a soul you add to the gospel team the very soul you saved today might have snatched your purse tomorrow I'll stab you in the back tomorrow but you add to the gospel team when you win a soul you start a celebration in heaven every time somebody gets saved heaven has a party and the Bible says in Luke 15 and 7 That there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. And the Lord said, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out demons in my name they will speak with new tongues in my name they shall take up serpents in my name if they drink anything deadly it won't harm them in my name they will lay hands on the sick and in my name they will recover but he said they're going to follow you These signs are going to follow you. But if you're not going, if you're not witnessing, if you're not doing the work of the Lord, how can they follow you if you're standing still? If you get busy, the signs will show up. If you get busy, God, I said God, will show up in your life. Lift your hand and praise him. Praise him. Praise him praise Him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The writer James in chapter 5 of his book, verse 19 says, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and anyone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way Will save a soul from death And cover a multitude of sins If you were about to cross the street In the pathway of a rushing truck And I pulled you back And saved you from death You still got to die again 80 and 90, hundred years You're going to die But if I reach out and save a soul In the pathway of the devil And save his soul I've saved him throughout all eternity. He may die, but on the third, on, on the victory day, he's going to rise again. For the trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first and are going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. 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 Daniel said in chapter 12 and verse 3 of his book, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and forever. Oh, bless the name of God. The best seats in heaven are not going to be reserved for the wise, not going to be reserved for the bishops, not going to be reserved for the pastors but the best seats in heaven are going to be reserved for soul winners those who've won many to Jesus Christ and they're going to shine like a star the stars in heaven are not going to be the actors and the actresses and the singers and the athletes the stars in heaven are going to be those who won Minute to righteousness, they're going to shine like the stars forever and forever. Give your neighbor a high five and say hello, star. Hello, star. Hello, star. Oh, bless his name. Jesus, I said Jesus, has done his work well jesus came all the way from heaven just to save us jesus walked the face of the earth in poverty and obscurity just to save us jesus walked on water just to save us he raised the dead just to let us know he had power over death jesus told men the truth preached the gospel love sinners Brought them unto himself, he's done his job well. Jesus came into our lives and set us free. He's done his job well, turned us away from sin, picked us up out of the muck, out of the mire, out of the mess of sin. Jesus loved us when nobody else loved us. He's done his job well. Early on the third day morning, He got up from the grave saying, All power in heaven and in earth is in my hands. I've got the key to death. I've got the key to the grave. I've got the key to hell. Jesus. I said, he's done his job well. He's worked in our lives in so many wonderful ways. But since he's done so much for us, what are we going to do for him? Since he's been so good to us, what are we going to do for him? I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell it, tell it everywhere I go. I'm going to tell it he's the Savior, he's the Lord, he's King of kings. I'm going to tell that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord of all. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, he's been so good to me. Neighbor, he changed my life. I've got to tell it. Tell. Oh, yeah. There's a blessing. There's a blessing in telling men about Jesus Christ. There's a lift in letting men know what is done for you. You deprive yourself when you're so wrapped up in people that you don't tell them about Jesus and tell them that they need to be saved. If you would just talk about Jesus, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord for the call according to his purpose if you tell men about jesus seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all of these things all of these things shall be added unto you if you talk about jesus he'll bring blessings into your life if you talk about jesus he'll take you higher than you've ever gone before jesus my lord Jesus, my savior, Jesus, son of God, Jesus, resurrected one, Jesus, I'll always praise him, Jesus, I'll always magnify him, oh thank you Lord, and we are called, I said we are called, he could have picked somebody else out, but he picked me out, he picked you out, We are called, unworthy, but he called us, hallelujah, not the best, but he called us. I'm so glad that we are called. Tell your neighbor, I'm so glad that I'm called, I'm called, I'm called to minister, I'm called to minister, I'm called to witness, I don't know about you, but I'm going to do What I'm called to do. Tell your neighbor I'm going to do what I'm called to do. Yes. Oh. Hallelujah. Call. Call. Thank you. You picked me out. Push the PhD out of the way. Push the president out of the way. Pushed a billionaire out of the way. Reached down, got me, and called me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for calling me. Yes. Yes, yes. We are called, called to minister, called to witness, hallelujah, to a troubled world a troubled world, a distressed world. The world is in trouble, but Jesus is the answer. The world is going down, down, but Jesus can turn it around. We're called to minister and witness to a troubled and distressed world. Not just my block, not just my next door neighbor, but I'm going everywhere. To tell men about Jesus, Jesus can turn the world around, Jesus can fix it, Jesus can forgive sins, we've got the treasure, we've got the gospel, and all we have to do is spread it everywhere. your neighbor. I see a change coming. I see a change coming. Tell somebody I see a change. I see a change coming. Hallelujah. I know the world seems to be going down. I know things are bad in the world. But I see, I see a change coming. Tell somebody a change coming in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I heard Jesus say if I be lifted up if I be lifted up if I be lifted up I'm going to draw all men unto me he was lifted up on the cross now we've got to lift him up before the eyes of men I see somebody ought to praise him thank him for saving you thank him for coming into your life thank him for turning you around thanking him for lifting you and forgiving you you were a mess but the Lord forgave you just the same you Amazing grace. You amazing grace. Will you tell somebody God's grace is amazing? Hallelujah. 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 Clap your hands and give praise. That was good, but you can do better than that. Clap your hands and give him praise. Respond, preacher. That's just not me. Standing on the corner, walking up and down the street, knocking on folks' doors. Jesus hung on a cross. What if he had said, Ah, that's just not me? Where would we be? What would our state be? He did not want to do it. He said, Father, I don't want to do this. Let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not as I will. Your will be done. It's a challenge to witness the folk. But we've got to do it anyhow. Get some tracts. Get some biblical literature. Put it on a seat. The more you do, the more bold you'll become. Invite people to church. Say to them, praise the Lord. I'm blessed today. God is sustaining me. God is keeping me. If you'll just say something about Jesus, there are some folk who are hungry for what you have to offer. Hallelujah. Lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. And may I ever do my part to win that soul for thee. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. And may I ever do my part to win that soul for thee. One more time. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart. Love that soul through me. And love that soul through me. And may I ever do my part. And may I ever do my part to win that soul. To win that soul.